Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. This week's message comes from Assistant Pastor of Spiritual Formation, Reverend Vincent Joplin. We are in Genesis 35, verses 1 through 15, New Living Translation. Here it goes. Then God said to Jacob, get ready and move back to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you who fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, and put on clean clothing. We are going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I've gone. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings, and he buried them under the tree near Shechem. As they set out, a terror from God spread over the people and all the towns of that area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. Eventually, Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel, in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means God of Bethel, because God had appeared to him there when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the tree in the valley below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called Elun Bakuth, which means oak of weeping. Now that Jacob had returned to Padaram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, your name is Jacob. But you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. And then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation. Even many nations, kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from that place where he had spoken to Jacob. Jacob set up pillars, or stone pillars, to mark the place where God had spoken to him. Then he poured wine over it and as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. Let's pray. God, we thank you for those who are here and for those who are online. We ask that you would speak in Jesus' name name. Amen. Let me tell y'all something. I have been in Colorado most of this week for our church's denomination. It's for a conference that we were at. And I left on Monday. I got back Thursday, close to midnight. So you could say it was Friday. And before I left, I had a recommended plumber come to work on a leak that had been raising uh, the bill. Okay. And he was doing some work on the house before I left. Well, it turns out this guy didn't know what he was doing. Don't y'all judge me. <laughs> and the issue, it, it got worse, right? So, so while I'm in Colorado, Lauren sends me some pictures. Yeah, y'all see those pictures? Yeah. Uh, pictures of water leaking from my ceiling, wet paint dripping on the stairs. The, these large brown spots were spreading. And I'm in Colorado. Now, let me tell you something about Colorado. It's high in altitude, so I got a headache, and I'm mad. 
And I'm walking around, hey, bless you, praise the Lord. I want to hear from God. And I'm mad. <laughs> because I have this tension about something happening at home. And as a husband, as a man, I couldn't do anything about it. I'm in Colorado. I'm upset hearing this, seeing these details, dealing with the tension. And this Friday, somebody else came and looked at it this past Friday, and this is what they said. Obviously, the other person was experimenting on your home. They did not know what they were doing. As a matter of fact, they lost the piece, didn't even tell you that it was missing. And then he said, you have been deceived. Have you ever been deceived by somebody you trusted? Could have been a friend, could have been a family member. That's sure enough make a family reunion tough. Don't say, don't, no, you can't have no potato salad. <laughs> you don't bring nothing. De de deceived. We lost money and we lost time in the process because we trusted somebody who, who deceived us. Jacob's name meant deceiver. He, he had been called deceiver from birth, and his character matched his name. And this deceiver, at the lowest point of his life, experienced God because God pursued him. Now, I didn't pursue that plumber. That ain't what he want. <laughs> but maybe God did. <laughs> maybe God is doing it right now. Maybe he's listening to this message. <laughs> I don't Follow him, God. <laughs> but God pursued this deceiver, Jacob, at the lowest point of his life, at least one of them. See, Bethel is more than a place. It's an experience. He experienced God while he was afraid for his life. Because his brother, his brother had made a vow to kill him because he had manipulated his brother and his father out of an inheritance that was due Esau. And his brother made a vow, when daddy die, I'm going to get you. He made a vow to kill him because he manipulated them. And he was in distress. And it's interesting, this word in Hebrew, this word distress means tight. You ever had life put you in a squeeze? You ever had life feel tight on you? You know, one bill after another, one thing after another, one unexpected problem after another, just tight. Life is tight. It put the squeeze on him, but he still experienced God. He experienced God's presence. He experienced his provision. He experienced his protection, even though he was called deceiver. That's mercy. And Jacob had been going in his own way rather than the way he initially committed to go. And here in chapter 35 that I read this morning, God, in his mercy, shows up again. Aren't you glad that God shows up again? He showed up again. Now, at this time, Jacob had experienced even more hell. 
His daughter had been raped. His sons killed all the men in the town because of what happened to the daughter. He, he had an experience where he wrestled with an angelic being and his hip was out of place, so he's going to limp back to Bethel. And some of us may have to limp back to Bethel as well. Sometimes in our life, we're in distress because of things that we've done, because of the mistakes that we've made. But other times, we are in distress simply because we live in a sin-filled world with sin-filled people that has fallen. And God reminds Jacob in 35 of his experience and his vow to worship him completely. Do you know that partial obedience is still disobedience? He said, remember that vow you made to worship me? It's time to go back to Bethel. And, and this is one of my prayers. I, I, I've said it uh, all weekend. I, my, my, my prayer is this, that every time that someone logs in online, that every time that somebody comes here in person, I don't care if you're sitting way up there, I don't care if you're in the cry room, I don't care if you have to go to the restroom, I want you to experience God. Uh, that, that you and I will experience God today at communion, that we'll experience God, that somehow something will happen in a living room or a kitchen or just moving or walking or sitting there by yourself, that we will experience God. I pray that we will experience God in the house of God. No matter what you're going through, if your life is in a tight place, Jacob, he's finally ready to change. And going to Bethel requires change. It does. Jacob changed what he allowed to go on in his household for so long. Now, when I was young, grandmama used to say, nah, nah, baby, that can't come in my house. We don't, we don't do that here. There, there, were, <laughs> there was, it was, some, it was some boundaries. And Jacob is now figuratively putting his foot down and basically saying that the, the things around us, the things that we've allowed in this house can't be here anymore because what God will do, God will transform the spiritually passive into the courage, the courageously bold. He, he will take a passive person and make them spiritually courageous when they've been transformed. And he puts his foot down and he says, look, Get rid of all the pagan idols. Get, get rid of them. Purify yourselves. Put on clean clothing. Now, I know that idols today are not these little figurine statues that are carved, uh, not for the most part. More often than not, idols are hidden within the house of our heart. Now, other people can't see them, but God sees it all. And we can hide our idols sometimes from other people, but God sees the idols within our heart. Is there anything that we need to get rid of today? Is there anything that you brought in here or logged on with that you need to get rid of today? A thing, that, that, that thing that may have had power over your life that you've been holding on to for too long. I know I'm talking to somebody. 
And we can make an idol out of anything. We can make an idol out of receiving praise. Oh, you know, such a great job. An attaboy where we got to get that praise. We got to get that praise. We got to have somebody tell us we did a, a great job. Or we can make an idol out of being married. Got to be married. Got to have kids. Because somewhere in society, we felt that our identity was tied to it. We can make an idol out of U of M. We can make an idol out of the Grizzlies, our favorite sports team. And if they have a good season or a bad season, our temperament is dictated by it. That's an idol. We can make an idol out of intellect. How much we know. You know, smart folk, they want to share with you everything they know. Nobody cares about these big theological terms when we're around the dinner table anyway. <laughs> Not impressed. An idol. Get rid of the little G gods that we've allowed, allowed to be in our house. And what Jacob does, he takes all of them and he buries them under this tree because that's what you do with dead things. You bury the dead. And it's like he's saying, this relationship that we've had between these idols is dead. Bury what is dead. The relationship is no longer alive. It's dead because we now have a new relationship with the creator of the universe. Amen? It's dead. He says, take it off. Everything, these, these clean, these clothes, these pagan clothes, and these earrings, take them off. Put on clean clothes and purify yourself. Take it off. Symbolizing a new life with God Almighty, El Shaddai. Because Jacob had made a commitment to worship. And he knew that worshiping God and going back to the house of God and taking his family with him would have a lasting effect. That worshiping God and going back to the house of God and taking his family with him to worship would have a lasting effect. What do I mean? God didn't simply promised to bless Jacob individually. He promised to bless him generationally. Yeah. Because Bethel isn't just for me. God was and still is on a mission to reproduce a continuing faith in this world. A continuing faith in our family. Now, I got a lot of charismatic friends. I'm charismatic with breaks on. Got a lot of charismatic friends. And a lot of them talk about generational curses. But I want to tell you about generational blessings. Yeah. That there's a blessing from being in covenant relationship with the one true God. Now, I'm not talking about financial security, but I'm talking about e eternal security that happened on the cross. And God used Jacob, this former deceiver, to send Jesus, humanity's redeemer. And Jesus is ultimately the way back to Bethel. Now, for some of us, that means that we need to return back to hope in person. 
for some of us, that means going and finding a local church. Some of us, it might mean gathering our families online weekly. For the rest of us, it might mean this, going back to the commitment that we first made when we experienced God. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would have your way during this communion time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openeisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.